Fall is one of the best times of year for some people. For others, it's just the start of the brigade of cold weather and another possibly relentless winter coming around the corner. For Irving, it was both. He loved his wife Amanda, who loved the fall. So, by relation, he had to love the fall. He was a man of the summer. The summer heat and the blistering sun. He loved swimming, and there's no swimming in the winter unless you had an indoor pool, to which Irving never had the luxury. His wife was what he called a winter bear. She loved the cold and everything it came with. She was raised up in Mount Pocono in Pennsylvania and has wanted to return there when she was married. Irving didn't mind, since buying a home in that area was much easier than any of the warmer states he tried to push on her after they got married. The move was easy, and the house they got was amazing. It came with three bedrooms, two bathrooms, a large living room, a small deck, eat-in kitchen, and Irving's favorite part, a pool. Granted, he couldn't use it now, but knowing he had it when the warmer weather came around was all he needed. The pool was a big selling point for Amanda, since getting him to agree to move to the mountains was impossible without one. The day had been long, and it was late September, so as the sun began to set, the cold night air began to creep in. <sighs> Are we done yet? Irving spat out jokingly. Ha! It feels like we got more stuff than what we packed. Did we rob somebody on the way here? She said sarcastically. I don't know, but if you want to throw some stuff away, then I'm all for it. Let's start with this thing. Irving said while picking up a little glass owl decoration. You put that down! You know I love that thing! Amanda shouted while running after him. Playfully, they shouted and wrestled for the owl, which eventually turned into him tickling her until she screeched out in laughter. <laughs> Stop! Stop! That tickles! <laughs> they fell to the couch, laughing, and embraced each other with a kiss. I'm so happy we're here now. Me too. They laid for a moment and enjoyed the peacefulness of the quiet outdoors. Irving got a little unsettled feeling that it was a bit too quiet. What's wrong? she asked, noticing the expression on his face. I don't know, it's... It's odd not hearing anything outside, he replied. Well, that's cause you're used to the city life. No cars, no street lights, and no random people screaming in the streets out here, she bellowed with happiness. Yeah, I know that, but I don't hear anything out there. For a moment, they both sat in the quiet. There were no birds, no wind moving branches around, nothing. I could barely hear the wind, he said. You're letting the mountains get to your head and we haven't even been here for a full day, she said as she grabbed him by the face and gave him another kiss. Let's eat. I'm starving. She got up and went to the kitchen. Irving sat for another minute before following her, staring outside into what was left of the sunlight shining over the woods. Most of the trees had lost their leaves already, but the quiet was still unsettling to him. They ate frozen pizza while standing up at the kitchen counter. Their new dining set wouldn't get there until the end of the week. They washed up and started getting ready for bed. Another perk Irving couldn't get by was the size of the master bedroom. It was almost as big as his apartment back in New York, and it was only one bedroom. It was the largest one, and the only one with two very distinct features. A large master bathroom with dual vanities for him and her, and a large set of French doors that opened up to the outside. There was no deck to walk out on, but when the doors were opened, it would let in the crisp fall breeze and natural sunlight. The trees in front of the doors weren't tall enough to block the sky, so you could see the stars when you looked out of it, no matter where you were sitting. If it drops below 40 degrees tonight, those doors are getting barred shut, 
Irving proclaimed as he got into bed. You better not, Amanda shot back. Those are the best things of this room and you will learn to love them. They chuckled, turned off the little nightlight, and lay together, ready to rest for a new day. They had positioned the bed in the corner of the room for the time being, and it was only the mattress on the floor. The best they could do for now, as tired as they were, was look through the boxes and bags lying around to find the sheets to put on the bed. Amanda laid with her body facing the double French doors. Irving laid behind her, with his arm draped over her body facing the doors as well. They fell asleep rather quickly, but Irving was soon startled by a squeaking noise. He opened his eyes and saw that one of the doors was swaying very slightly. The wind had picked up a bit, but not enough for him to justify getting up and closing them completely. The squeaking was coming from the hinges of the door. It started to bother Irving as it swayed back and forth. He closed his eyes and tried to sleep again, but another squeak would startle him up again. He told himself he'd get used to it, so just leave it be and try to sleep. Another squeak came, and as Irving opened his eyes to the sound, he saw, for a split second, a pair of eyes staring at him from the other side of the glass windows in the door. They were only there for a split second, as the door finished its sway, exposing the other side. There was nothing there. Irving lifted his head, swearing to himself that he saw a pair of eyes. He looked carefully to see if it was something in the woods. There was nothing but trees and the pitch-black darkness of the mountain night. He sat up slightly and waited for the swaying to go back to an almost closed position to see if he saw it again. When it got into the position, he looked carefully at the glass. There was nothing there that even resembled eyes. He was so confused. He swears they were there. Maybe it was just his imagination. He laid back down and relaxed himself with deep breaths. He continued to hear the swaying and the squeak of the door, and it finally started not to bother him. He was relieved and began using the short rhythm he noticed in the movement to lull himself to sleep, almost as if he was counting sheep. The rhythm continued for a bit until he was almost asleep and suddenly it stopped. Irving could hear that it wasn't stopped by the lack of wind, but it was halted abruptly by something grabbing the door to hold it in place. He opened his eyes again and saw the door was in a full open position, being held in place and a set of eyes on the other side of the window, the side leading into the room. He shot up again in fear and looked with full awareness, and there was nothing there. The door continued to swing. He knew. This time he knew. He saw something with big red eyes looking at him from the other side. He definitely heard something stop the door too, but it's moving now. He couldn't explain any of this. What's wrong with me, he thought to himself. He rubbed his head with the palms of his hands and turned over to face away from the doors. Still a bit shaken, but determined to leave it alone and get some sleep. He laid there, facing a blank white wall, the moonlight shining through the doors into the room. He had started himself up so much that he couldn't sleep, but he tried his hardest since he was still tired from a long day. He stared at the blank wall and saw only light. He closed his eyes and began trying to use the rhythm of the doors swinging as a sort of lullaby to numb him back to sleep. He focused on the sound and tried to time his breathing right, relaxing himself as he could. Through the sound of the squeaking doors, he began to notice something else. He heard the doors, he heard his own breathing, he even heard Amanda's breathing. But he began to hear something else breathing. 
he opened his eyes and saw the horror of a silhouette standing in the room, outlined by the moonlight. It looked like a bald-headed man slightly hunched over as if it were reaching down into the bed. Irving could see the outline of its fingers as they flexed open, long and skinny with a sharp end. He shot upright and looked back towards the door. There was nothing there. He was fully awake and confused. Was he losing his mind? This wasn't just eyes now. This was a full-bodied figure standing in this room. It looked like it was reaching down for... Amanda? He turned back over and turned on the small light by the side of the bed on the floor. He glanced around the room to see if anything would make it look like something was standing in the room. Nothing but bags and boxes. Irving couldn't explain any of this, and he wished he could chalk it up to just dreaming, but this just felt too real for comfort. He turned to Amanda and tried to wake her, shaking her slightly. Baby. Baby, wake up. Something weird's going on here. Baby. His attempts were stopped by the light on the side going out. He turned to where the light was and met with the hellish eyes that had been haunting him this night. Stricken with fear, Irving stared speechless at the being, its hot breath steaming out of its mouth, its silk-like skin black and smooth. It had no ears, no hair, and eyes that glowed a dark red, the color of blood. The last thing Irving saw was this creature reaching up with its skeleton-like figures as it began to pierce into both of his eyes. He attempted to scream, but as his mouth opened, the creature reached into his mouth with its other hand. The last thing Irving felt was the rip of his throat from the inside being stretched open by this creature's hand. He could taste the rubbery skin as it entered his mouth, a distinctive copper-like taste, the taste of blood.